1: Welcome to the Hunt for Reds October Podcast, episode forty-five, the Phil Hogstad edition. I'm your host, Coop, and we have a special guest with us tonight. Coming to you live from the DC area to talk nationals in the playoffs, we've got Hagai. Hagai, how are you? And welcome to the podcast. Hey, Coop, thanks for having me
2: on. Doing great. We've uh, followed each other on Twitter for years and trolled each other repeatedly, and uh, uh, <laughs> we're both um, uh, UK fans, which is how we ended up following each other in the kind of the same part of UK Twitter. And uh, I'm actually originally a native of Lexington. My dad was a UK professor, and uh, I've oh. lived in DC area for a long time now, about 15 years, and uh, the Nats are the one major team that I've adopted since I came here. So, uh, got folks raring to go.
1: So... Let's give them a little C A T S, Cats, Cats, Cats for everybody out there. A little cat jack for the podcast. Uh, we also have Ken on. Ken, obscure former Reds. How are you doing tonight?
3: What's going on? Nice to meet you, a guy. Um, we won't hold your UK status against you. <laughs> hey, um, shout out to Polly for Christian Lehner as his avatar
0: at work.
1: Well, here's the thing. Yes,
0: that is true.
1: Here's the thing, Polly. <laughs> t-
0: <laughs> How you doing? Paulie? Here's the thing. I'm doing, hey, I'm living a fucking dream coop i'm drinking some cooper's craft actually bourbon well, tonight no beer
1: you here's the thing you. you're welcome
0: thank you thank <laughs> you
1: i have to guy.
0: welcome can't wait to talk about some gnats always been interested in them in a little bit as a team but uh yeah welcome thanks very much
1: and last but certainly least is barmy how you doing tonight
4: Coop, I'm just really glad you people at Kentucky could spell anything. So that was really impressive. Thank you. Uh, Hagai, <laughs> welcome to the uh, shit show that is the podcast. I'm glad that you picked the Nationals as your team of D.C. and not the Capitals. And I also want to give a shout-out to Ram at UncRam.
1: Shout-out to Ram. Now, other Washington teams of note are the Wizards because of John Wall. If they could just give him a, l- play- a little bit of help. Yeah, would be great. They
4: played uh, the.
1: Unfortunately. Yeah. They,
4: they well, played the shooty, shooty hoops in DC.
1: They do some shooty well, hoops.
2: Yeah, it's. The it's Mystics it's, just won their WNBA title. So.
1: Boom, there you nope. go. That, that was, other other DC Brad, teams.
2: Uh, Bradley Beale and John Wall were both in the front row at their uh, championship game.
1: There, see, there you go. Uh, other DC teams would be DC United, who I, I, I don't really follow, uh, the racist mascots. And uh, I'm missing Washington somebody. Spirit
2: and one. Oh,
1: yeah. I want to get to the topic at hand. Uh, since the Reds aren't in the playoffs, we, we figured we would talk about some teams that are. Uh, the Nationals did a great service to the United States of America by sweeping the Cardinals uh, four games to none. So they'll be in the World Series and they await the winner of the Astros and Yankees. So I wanted to do a little breakdown on. What what we can expect from the Nationals in the World Series, and so we've got Hagai on here. So um, Hagai, from an offensive standpoint, we know you know the Nationals have Rendon and Soto, but uh, what else should we be looking for as we go forward?
2: the The top half of the lineup's been pretty solid for um, the Nats. Well, a little bit up and down. They got Trey Turner leading off, Adam Eaton. Um, Eaton has had a weird postseason. He's had a lot of really bad at bats, and and then he's had these enormous clutch hits late in games. Um, and of course, the NLCS MVP was Howie Kendrick, old man Howie, who's had a really amazing year. Like, I think he was second yeah. team, and o- his OPS for the year was like in the 900s. He's fantastic. Um, and weirdly, they've gotten a ton of production from the eighth spot. Like, no matter who's been in the eighth spot, they've been hitting. Like, Jan Gomes, who mostly had a bad year, has been hitting really well in the postseason. And Michael A. Taylor, who normally strikes out a lot, has had some big hits for them. So, um, I think with the the matchup with either of the teams, it's the interesting difference between the Astros or Yankees. The the Astros are really similar to the Nats in a lot of ways. Um, with really strong starting pitching, shaky bullpen, really intimidating lineup. Um the they're similar except the Astros are better at almost every position. Of course the Nats have been red hot since the early part of the season, but um that would be a a matchup of two teams that really have a lot in common. Uh, The Yankees are very, very different. I guess we're seeing that already in the ALCS. They've got a bunch of big bombers. Um, They strike out a lot, which, of course, the Astros almost never do, and the Nats are good at making contact too. Um, And the Yankees, of course, are kind of the inverse of those other two teams in terms of their pitching. Uh, Yankees not too intimidating with their starting lineup, but they have a really deep bullpen. Um, So it's, I don't know, it depends, I guess, which way which matchup you think is kinda of more interesting. Like two teams that are really different from each other can can be really fun to watch and if they're they're very similar, um, I mean that could you know, I mean the Astros most of their playoff series have been really um, uh, really exciting to watch. They usually don't mm-hmm. blow people out. <laughs> even though they're a great team and they've been you know, they've been great in the postseason for a few years now, but it's usually it's usually tight with them. So um I mean for me I just Uh, For the last minimum 20 years, I've absolutely despised the Yankees, which, of course, is longer than I've been in. Yeah, as every (laughs) red-blooded American should. And, of course, that's longer than I've been a Nationals fan because that's longer than Nationals have existed. Um, So I'm kind of – it's sort of a double-edged sword of potentially facing the Yankees because, on the one hand, if the Nats play the Yankees in the World Series and beat them, it would be the greatest thing imaginable for me as a baseball fan. Like, it would literally never get better than that. But if they lost to them, it would really stink like making the World Series for the first time ever is extraordinary. It's just like wow, everything from here is gravy is what it feels like now. Um, if they lost to the Yankees, that would really sting. Um, the Astros, on the other hand, I'm kind of either way. Like I don't care about them too much, one way or the other. I've kind of rooted for them in the you know, playoffs last few years because they've been the biggest threat to the Yankees. Um, so yeah, I guess that's. I mean, that's the the overall feelings I have mm-hmm. about it. I guess.
3: Ken.
1: Uh, can-
2: Um, I really want to see Scherzer
3: and Verlander and then Cole and Strasburg. That's, I mean, that is must-see TV. That's going to be an awesome lineup, or um, game one, two. Granke, um, actually, he's recovered from a really not good first inning today. Um, But Granke's been disappointing. Paxton's been disappointing. Paxton has an ERA over five this, this World Series, the Yankees got it. World Series. And for this exact situation, postseason, fair enough.
1: Now Paxton um, did go to Kentucky, so I kind of have a little bit of a soft spot for him.
3: Coming up, Justice Sheffield was a big price to pay for Paxton, so Paxton <laughs> better get his butt gear. Um, if the Yankees want to do anything and beat um, Cole and Verlander, the, the Nationals have been have been better than I expected, and anyone that makes Yadier Molina cry. Um, Right, and and out of the postseason is good in my book. That's what I'm saying. Um, yeah, um, I, I'm interested to get a guy's take on Victor Robles. Um, I was a big fan of him, him coming up, um, but um, it seems like Michael A. Taylor's been getting more reps than him. Um,
1: well, he was hurt like, there for uh, a little bit.
2: Yes, that was primarily. because is that Robles, what it was? Yeah, yeah. Robles had tweaked the uh, okay. hamstring. Uh, I think that was why Taylor okay. was the thing. Um And. To be on brand, Michael
3: A. Taylor always reminds me of obscure former Red Reggie Taylor.
1: (laughs) Reggie Taylor. I was at a game where Reggie Taylor hit a grand slam and did a curtain call, and the Reds lost. Uh, Here's the thing. (laughs) (laughs) Polly. give me your Nationals take.
0: Here's the thing. They're doing this without Bryce Harper, which is kind of awesome. I'm a Harper fan. Sorry, but that's the reason why I have Christian Leitner as my avatar at work. I like to be the bad guy. (laughs)
1: I'm the the bad guy
0: And Ken, you kind of Brushed Coop off with that UK Paxson comment You're like, "Mm, yeah, whatever I kind of like that So, (laughs) here's the thing (laughs) Not a UK fan (laughs) Uh, It's okay I respect UK basketball I dislike the majority of UK fans Hey, I do
1: too So it's fine (laughs)
0: Does that make sense? Like, I yeah, I will actually sit and watch a UK basketball game because it's enjoyable basketball. That's right. But
2: I'm not, I'm not a fan.
1: Uh,
0: no, it
2: just likes people. Does any powerhouse program really have good fans though? Like a fan base where you say, yeah, I really want to be friends with those people. If man,
1: man, those Ohio too. State fans Everything are just terrible. States.
2: I
4: mean,
0: I'm a, I'm a Florida State fan, and we have yeah. terrible. Fans. Ohio
4: State, Ohio State football fans, and Kentucky basketball fans are the same thing.
0: Pretty much. Or they Notre Dame fans.
1: Oh God! Don't even get me started Sorry. on that.
4: Sorry. There's nothing I'm, worse than Notre Dame fans. <laughs> so
0: anyways, entitled. but continue. But please. here's the thing: the, I like I like watching enjoyable baseball, and the Nationals have been playing enjoyable baseball, and thank thank the Lord, thank the Lod that. The Nationals beat the Cardinals, thank you But again, I can get back to Liking to be the bad guy And I've always been a Yankees fan Because of Paul O'Neill And I hope the Yankees win it all now Because they beat the yeah. Twins I want the Twins to win it but. God damn it,
1: Paulie uh, <laughs> Burmy Give us your uh, Nationals take And who you think they match up better with
4: Paulie, just delete your account Jesus Christ <laughs> Um, I honestly, who do I think the Nationals match up better with? I, that's tough. The Nationals have, have a good offense and they have, once again, very front-loaded pitching, better front-loaded pitching than I. The problem with the Nationals all year is the anomaly is that their bullpen was terrible. And yet, and yet they're in the World Series. Now, I know in the playoffs, you can use starting, you know, you use starting pitching to come out of the pen. But my question for you know my biggest question, and I want to see what you know, everybody else thinks, is you know is their pitching gonna t- Is it gonna be tired? Is it is it a godsend that they swept the Cardinals so that everybody can get a little break in terms of matching up? I, I would have to say the Yankees because I think the Astros are yeah. better than the Yankees. But who do I want to see? I want to see a, I want to see the Astros and the Nationals because the beauty of baseball is it does have parity. It does allow teams like the Nationals you know to make it to the world series unlike a lot of other sports that we all follow where the parity seems to be almost non-existent so i do think that is one of the uh, the romantic parts about baseball and uh, but yeah to answer the initial question yes they match up better with the, uh,
1: the yankees i agree and Hagai, uh, i want to get your thoughts on future cincinnati red uh, anthony Rendon. What, uh, <laughs> what what do you think he's going to be looking for in terms of a uh, uh, overall package is he, do you think he gets $300 million?
2: Boy, he is... I mean, he's really, really amazing. Um, and he is a very... It may depend on what the franchise is looking for in terms of the franchises that are that are going to go after him. Um, he's an incredible player. His personality is interesting. He's really about as low-key as anyone can be, um, as any big stars can be. And I think the biggest difference for the Nets clubhouse this year from recent years was... I mean, for all these years Bryce Harper's been there he's been the biggest star and he a guy like that just takes up all the the attention, all the oxygen in the room and things just inevitably are about him whether it's like even if Bryce was struggling that would be kind of the story for a while with the team it would be like oh well why isn't Bryce hitting um, and with Rendon as the best player this year it's it's a, a, a different vibe because it's someone who's just there to do the work and friendly, but I mean, doesn't even talk to the media very much and just kind of goes out there and does it. So that sort of leaves a lot more breathing room for other people anyway, which can be good. Can I mean, some teams that, that might not be good. Some teams really need a, a big personality. So if you're a team maybe that, I don't know, I haven't kept up too much with like which of the teams that are maybe going to go after him, I would think Maybe a team that has maybe already has some big personalities that maybe they would think he would fit in better there. Like, okay, we don't need another guy like that. We just want a a guy who's really good and who's going to produce and just going to show up and not really make much of a stir aside from that. Um, I mean, his hometown, of course, is a team that um, has no need for him because they have great players at every position already, and that's Houston. Yeah. So I don't think he's going there. Um, I mean, it would suck. I've heard a couple, you know, like people saying, "Well, maybe the Phillies, maybe the Braves are going to go after him." Of course, it would suck if he went in the division. Um, It's unfortunate as Nats fans that they haven't been able to get the contract done with him because you figure if someone is willing to go to free agency, there's a you know better than even chance they're going to leave. You know, like if they really wanted to stay and the team was willing to throw anything they had at him to stay, then. I mean, if both people want the same thing, you figure that might get done before you get to the point of potentially leaving. Um, maybe he'll stay. I mean, I don't know how much this postseason run is going to affect things. Like, it certainly can't hurt for the Nats that they've finally broken through that that um, just wall they couldn't get through of getting through the Division Series. They've lost four times. All four times they've been there, they they lost, and now they're all of a sudden they're in the World Series. So they're certainly proving that they can win the postseason. I mean, it's sort of different from... I mean other teams like the Braves and the Twins and the A's for like two decades have just been banging against the wall and can't get through that first round mm-hmm. so uh, I mean I don't know how much ultimately that matters to guys like everyone wants to win but I think certainly baseball players understand more than anyone else that it's it's really pretty random in the postseason I mean it's just so few games it's kind of who's hot at the right time matchups a lot of times luck like the Nats have been red hot but they certainly got some luck in the wild card game they were down 3-1 in the eighth against the Brewers and two outs and best reliever in the probably best reliever in the league on the mound, and they managed to win it. Um,
1: yeah, we don't like Josh Hader around
2: here. Yeah, we don't like... You know, you know, one of the best uh, uh, Twitter replies in the... I don't know if it was Major League Baseball, the Nats had tweeted something the next day of, or that night about Juan Soto getting the biggest hit off of, uh, of course, off of Hader and driving in all the runs that won the game, and somebody replied in the thread, like, it was great when Juan Soto ended racism tonight. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was pretty fun. Yeah. Um, I mean I don't know. I think the 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 mood among Nationals fans and sports local media here whenever it comes up with Rendon is that he's probably going to leave, which is unfortunate, but I mean at the moment like it's everyone's on such a high of getting so far in the playoffs going to the World Series. People aren't really worried about it for now. Um I mean like if if like if you can't enjoy this with the offseason coming up then why you I mean why are you even like rooting for a team?
1: Right. Like, yeah, my, yeah. My, I mean, your team's in the man, World Series.
2: You want to it for something. Like this, so so you got to just enjoy it. Um I mean the Nats history, if we want to talk a little bit about like free agency, they've been really they've thrown big money at starting pitching, which is largely why they're here. Of course, they signed Scherzer. With the
1: money they yeah, with the money they would have used on Harper, they signed Corbin and what, Annabelle Sanchez?
2: Yes, and it Sanchez they got for, for not very much, like 9 or $10 million or something, because he had a really good year last year, but nobody thought he was going to be able to duplicate it. Um, so he's managed to prove people wrong, certainly in the postseason he has so far. Um, yeah, Corbin was a great sign. He had a terrific year. Um, and, of course, they threw the big money at Sh- Berzer several years back, and he's been one of the best free agent signings ever of a starting pitcher, certainly one of the three or four best ever. Um, and they re-signed Strasburg a few years ago, which at the time, a lot of people were not expecting that he would come back. Uh, people were thinking he would go back to San Diego or to L.A., from San Diego originally, that he'd go back to Southern California. Um, but he signed kind of randomly in the off-season, Like, I think people weren't even expecting any contract things to happen. All of a sudden, he just re-signed for seven years, um, and he has an opt-out this year which may be another thing but he he seems very comfortable here so they've spent big money on starting pitching they of course Bryce left and um um they haven't really spent big money on um bringing uh bringing position players in um so who knows with Rendon but I mean they do have younger stars certainly Soto on Soto's been great and with Robles you know someone mentioned him earlier but um Robles was really the top prospect for the last couple of years for the Nats, and last year they had a lot of injuries in the outfield, and they would have brought up Robles, but he was hurt at the time as well. So they brought up Soto instead, which was really early. He was only 19 at the time, or maybe even 18. And he just blew up immediately, like without even uh, any sort of waiting period. He just immediately was crushing the ball over the place. So And he's been up ever since, and he you know, finished second in the rookie of the year behind Acuna. So he has gone way ahead of schedule, and has really established himself as a a major star, so that was a surprise for the Nats. Nobody was thinking he would be that good this quickly. Yeah,
1: I think um, that, so that
2: also helped with um in the Harper situation because they're like, "Well, look, we got this guy who right. has come up and has been producing so much that maybe we have some more leeway there."
1: Yeah, I think Soto yeah, I think, and Acuna are the two top under twenty-five stars in baseball, I th- and, and they're in the same division, which is <laughs> amazing. Ken, give me your uh, Rendon thoughts.
3: Rendon, it, it, it's funny that you mentioned he's kind of low key that's kind of the players that Cincinnati attracts is the Vados, the Suarez. I mean, both of Cincinnati's best hitters are, are very low key, very unassuming. Um, Suarez signed a, a big contract for him before he blew up and then had a monster year with 49 homers this year. Um, and then Vado's always been an introvert. So um, that you mentioned that, Rendon would fit in very well at second base, assuming he's willing to move positions, but the Reds certainly need a bat like his in the lineup. Um,
1: Well, and I would move Suarez the short if he would be amenable if uh, Rendon was dead set on playing third.
3: With it's with shifts and defensive metrics without field shifts. um, I'm, I've come off the bandwagon of that person can't play shortstop or can't play that position. If Jesse Winker can play center field or Philip Irving can play right field. Then Suarez or Senzel can play shortstop. Absolutely. Um, With everyone's got spray charts now. Everyone knows where balls are hit. And so range is not as important as in the Davey Concepcion, Barry Larkin, Ozzie Smith era of everyone plays the kind of straight up. And then you need, you need awesome range with a Jose leaned, to get to balls or Ozzy Smith to get to balls. No, they know where, are, where balls are batted. And so with Dick Williams taking over and, um, David Bell being an almost, uh, partner GM with, with personnel, I'd be interested to see if they make more lineup changes like that. Cause they were very flexible in the outfield this year. Um, as I mentioned with, with Irvin and Winker, um, I'd be interested to see if they get more experimental in the infield, um, assuming that Peraza and Iglesias are gone. Because if both of those guys are back, I will lose a lot of faith in the Reds' front office. I can't imagine that both of those people are back. Um, I expect Peraza to be non-tendered. If they bring Iglesias back on a backup or minor league deal again, that wouldn't bother me at all. Um, And it wouldn't bother me if they brought
1: if they brought Freddie Galvis back, it wouldn't bother me either. But one of the two of Iglesias and Peraza would have to go. Um, Burmy, your thoughts?
4: Uh, yeah. In terms of pers- are we talking personnel? I mean that this, this has kind of been all
1: right, like, all like, over the place. Like uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, it started off with a Rendon, but uh, well, I mean yeah, obviously, ha- yeah. How would you move around the infield if you were able to sign him? Kind of thing. Yeah.
4: Sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, thirty teams would like to have Anthony Rendon. So. You know, that's not a, that's not a secret. Um, I, I think, you know, if he was dead set on playing third, fine. Yeah, I'd kick Suarez over to shortstop. He's done it before. You know, he might be the beefiest shortstop in the fucking league. But, you know, not, not really a big deal to me. Um, if Rendon could play second base, that would solve a huge defensive problem for the Reds now. Because we really don't know who's going to be playing there next year. Because I would non-tender Peraza. But before I non tender Peraza, I'd try to trade him, to be honest. The one thing Peraza does have going for him is he's young. So, you know, he obviously was bad, you know, terrible last year. But with the right hitting coach, you know, I mean, who knows? You know, maybe honestly, maybe he's just miserable in Cincinnati. His playing time has been sporadic. Maybe he's one of those guys that needs to play every day to get the most, you know, the most production out of him. Who knows? It's a bad attitude to have. He's miserable already. But, you know, yeah, he's obviously miserable and he might just need to change the scenery, and I think that would be the best thing to do for the player and the organization. But yeah, Rendon playing second base would be ideal because there's really, you know, why would you want to move around Suarez? But at the same time, if Suarez came out and said, I'll go play second base so he can play third base, I, I could care less. You know, I, I'm less concerned about the defensive positioning of a combination of Encarnacion and Rendon as I am with the bats they provide. So
1: Here's the thing.
0: Don't oh, yeah. insult him like that. <laughs>
1: Sorry about that. You have, you have
0: gray hair. You have gray hair, Bremie. By the
1: way, goddamn. Uh, here's the
0: thing: I would love Rendon. I would accept him with open arms. And I look at Rendon as a Scott rowland esque type player coming into the what that would come into the organization with veteran experience, with playoff experience, and and I, from my recollection, I feel like Rendon has, has spoken his mind a, a couple times in the past. In the press, I, I think I don't know. I could be totally wrong about that. But I, I like someone that I can beat their own and, and 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 have some balls to their to their game and to their into whatever whatever I'm trying to say. But <laughs> uh, I would push him. I would uh, put him at third and push Suarez to second, and then try to sign the center fielder and push Sinzel to second base. That's my hot take of the day.
1: Well, and uh, before so, we two second basemen. Before we continue, we have some breaking news. Patrick Mahomes may have just blown out his knee. So shout out to Kev. It's
4: uh, it's only it's only two to four weeks. It's uh, apparently he dislocated his kneecap.
1: But oh, oh, that's all he did was dislocate his knee. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Jeff Kepinger did
0: that too. With his
4: okay, patella. yeah, that's what he dislocated his patella. But there's you know there was a doctor tweeting about it how it's like a two to four week injury. He doesn't need surgery.
0: Oh well.
1: Shout out to Kev. That's his quarterback from Texas Tech.
0: Oh um, my goddamn doctor too, and I stayed at Holiday <laughs> Express last night, Bernie. <laughs> Jesus,
4: I'm not watching. feeling good now, right Yeah, I'm, I'm not watching that. The NFL is a terrible product. No, right
1: no, I'm watching baseball. But uh, I only,
4: I, I only watch the Jaguars. That's it.
1: Shout out to Josh Allen. Uh, but any, <laughs> anyway, shout out,
4: shout out to Gardner Minshew, man.
1: No. Is, shout out to Mike Leach. No, we're going to – oh, shout out to Mike Leach, yes, former Kentucky coach.
2: Dude, I just wanted to ask you guys. Jesus dude, Christ. With, with Rendon and Cincinnati, I kind of thought Coop was just trolling all his time on Twitter. Do you guys seriously – do you guys think he's he's seriously considering that? No. No. <laughs> okay. This, this okay. is
1: more of a weird hoping, <laughs> not a – yeah.
2: That's a, a
0: hopeful, hopeful wish. No, no, where it's
4: coming. This is what – this, this is what Reds fans do, guys. <laughs> they, they sit here and rationally. We sit here and rationalize about how maybe this person will come and, and then they of don't. getting and then it, instead of getting Anthony
3: Rendon they get Jeff Kepinger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Where this is coming from is that GM came on local social media and said that the payroll will go up and with players like Puig and and Kemp and Alex Wood coming off the payroll, they've got 40 or 50 million dollars to spend. Their payroll is going to be the players they have signed now are about ninety nine million, and it was one twenty six, and it's going to go up so they so it'll probably go up to between one thirty five and one forty, maybe maybe even as high as one fifty. And so if it goes up, yeah, it wouldn't be it's not impossible anymore that they could get Rendon. It's unlikely, yeah. but not impossible.
4: Don't do this uh, to yourself. Don't <laughs> do this to yourself. Stop <laughs> doing this to yourself. You're just going to end real. up mad. You're just going to end I'm, up mad. Don't do this to I'm yourself. I'm mad. No, and no. So you you as in Reds like, fans. You as in Reds fans. Don't okay. do this to yourselves. Don't do this to yourselves, everyone. Well, Do not believe that you're getting Rendon because you're not getting Rendon.
1: It's just, just a like hope. Just like you're
4: not getting
3: Garrett Cole. Stella turned down for, um, eight years at 210 or seven years at 210.
1: I mean, I'd make him turn it down.
3: Yeah, I mean, of offer it
4: to him, sure. I'm not saying they shouldn't go no, after
3: him. No. I'm just saying uh, it's, you know... The report that I saw was the Nationals offered 7-210 to 210 in September, and Rendon turned it
2: down.
1: I uh, go 7-230.
2: Yeah, that that sounds about... I think I may have seen a similar report. Um, and, I mean, he's probably looking at the last really big contract of his position was uh, Arenado got Before the season got eight years, $260 million. So that's uh i'm sure that's what he's looking at his market value
1: well, and so he, that's he's 30. he's 30 right
2: who's arenado
1: no rendon is he 30
2: oh, um 20 yeah. it'll 60. be his age 30 season
1: oh next year will it be his, age, 30. his okay. age okay okay, okay. okay. Yeah. right so you're talking about 30 through 38 at mm. 20 25 per 25 per
3: so there's like four four teams i can afford donaldson at age 33 um Want Rendon at age thirty-five, six, and seven, and eight?
2: Well, you know, I don't know if, uh, if I want to, if I can hijack things a little bit, but I had something I wanted to, something I've been thinking for quite a while since last offseason with Bryce Harper. I think something that really went under uh, mentioned when people were talking about, well, why did he go to Philly? That particular contract, because he had turned down the reports he had turned down from the Dodgers four years, a hundred eighty million, which would have been forty-five million a year. So there was some surprise, like, whoa, whoa wouldn't he have taken that? And I think what happened was something that very few people mentioned. Last year, it turned out Ken Rosenthal had reported that in the middle of the season, or maybe around the trade deadline, the Nets had actually, the front office had agreed with Houston to trade Harper to the Astros for some prospects. Because the front office apparently had concluded, well, we can't resign him. Let's just get something for him. And the Astros were willing to do a rental because they're in their win now. And like, hell yeah, let's since prospects. Let's bring in a major star as a, as a rental and he'll help us win. Um, but the deal did not go through because the NAS ownership stepped in and said no. They turned it down. Apparently because they thought they still had a good shot to re-sign him, which of course didn't happen. But So it was really close to him being traded. And I think that must have really affected Harper's thinking or at least something, maybe he already was thinking it, but he kind of realized like, oh, they were going to trade me. So where I think he went with this was I was surprised when I saw that he had turned down that Dodgers deal because I would have thought that he could he could accept that and he could say, you know what, I'm going to bet on myself. I'm 26 years old signing this four-year deal. I'm getting $45 million a year. I'm the man. I'm the biggest star around. And when I'm 30 years old, I'm going to get a contract just as big because I'm awesome and I'm the guy and everyone's going to want me for that much money. I'm you know, betting on myself. I could easily have seen him saying that. But apparently that wasn't his thinking at all. He wanted super long contract like i want to stay the rest of my career somewhere and i think that trade that happened but didn't happen i think that maybe have affected him in the sense of if he had accepted a four-year deal then he re- he obviously realized that three three and a half years into it he'd have to go through this all over again he would be going into the um end of the contract and maybe his team maybe the dodgers would say well we're not sure we can resign him let's ship him somewhere as a rental And then he's looking at before he turns thirty years old, he's been on three or four different teams. And Harper looking at himself as a big star, a great player, an MVP, future Hall of Famer, etc. Like, I guess he just concluded, like, I'm not the guy who goes to a bunch of different teams. Someone should sign me and forever. Like I spend my career there and I'm the guy for a decade. And I think that's why he ended up going there. That's why he ended up taking that approach. So interesting to think that other top players, like maybe that's the way they're going to be thinking about this. Um, Turning down the prospect of getting like absurd money for a few years, but kind of not being willing to take that gamble because they just don't like the idea of being traded, of being moved around. And maybe, you know, like we hear all the times with all the time with NFL guys being really jealous about all the NBA money. Um, you don't hear about it as much with baseball, but I'm sure the top baseball guys are kind of jealous of how in the NBA the top stars are really calling the shots, and they almost never get traded unless they push for a trade, right? Like they don't just get traded because the team says, you know, well, we're right. to resign you, so let's you. I mean Kawhi Leonard in San Antonio, he really kind of forced his way out of there. And he may not have wanted to go to Toronto, but he certainly didn't want to stay in San Antonio. And all of the other top guys who have moved around different teams as free agents, I mean, they're leaving on their own, or they're kind of forcing their way out via trade, like Anthony Davis with the Lakers. And in baseball, it's not really that way, because teams are willing to do, like, half a season of a rental. And, um, you know, for the top guys, for the superstars, they've got to think, like, well, that might happen to me if I sign somewhere, and I'm not going to have any control over it.
1: I think it's interesting because... Sometimes people forget that these players are people. They have feelings just like everybody else. If they feel wronged, like, like you're saying, perhaps that Harper felt wronged by the Nationals that they were going to trade him, that, yeah, that would affect if he would want to resign there. I know that Chris Bryant has publicly stated that he felt wronged by the Cubs when they manipulated his service time, and it makes people believe that he's not going to resign there when he's a free agent. So. I get that. I, I think that is something that you have to consider when it comes to the, especially these big free agents, that if the, if the team they're on thinking they have a chance to re-sign them is screwing around with them, that might tell them, hey, I don't want to be here anymore. Ken, go ahead.
3: The one thing that makes me pause is that the Dodgers made that deal with the Reds. One of their main impetus of making that deal was to get under the luxury tax. And they wanted to get rid of Kemp and acquire Bailey because Bailey's average annual value of 17 million million got them under the luxury tax and spending an annual value of 45 million on Harper would explode their luxury tax. Unless Uh, they would go
1: to move somebody else.
3: Yeah. They have to go to move somebody else that probably would have precluded them from getting Pollock, but Pollock's not even that big compared to Harper. I mean, Pollock signed for twenty plus million. That's half of what right. of of what Hagai says about Harper, um, and the Nationals are at two hundred and seven million this year, which is right at the luxury tax. So I don't think it was anything against Harper. I think it was look, we want more pitching, and we're already pressed against the, the luxury tax. So yeah, the
1: luxury um, tax has kind of acted as a artificial salary cap in the last couple of years,
3: and. If you look at at the Red Sox, the Red Sox have said, we need to get under the salary cap. I think they were two hundred and forty million this year. sorry, luxury tax cap. They're two hundred and forty million. And as the years go on for the people um, who may not be familiar with the rules, it's twenty the first year you're over, it's twenty percent of your overage is paid back to the league. The second year is thirty percent of your overage is paid back to the league. And the third year and beyond, it's 50% of your overage is paid back to the league in a tax. And, and that goes toward revenue sharing. So the Dodgers and the Red Sox are, are later in that, and they're paying a whole bunch of money back to the league. And that, that's almost prohibitively expensive. And so if the Reds could make a deal for Mookie Betts and then take a bad contract like a Dustin Pedroia, that might make the Red Sox – um, get under the salary cap and 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 enable the Reds to get to get Mookie for cheaper. But also, the Dodgers could get Corey Seager, which has been rumored at shortstop. And if they take another another bad contract, so that's an angle that the Reds could look at to say, Hey, we've got money to spend. We'll take one of your albatross contracts um, to get you guys under the salary cap and not have to give up a Lodolo, an in India, a Stevenson um a one of your top prospects. Or like a Tony up, yeah. Yeah, to give up a Santion or a Siri or a Gutierrez and give up give up a good prospect, but not have to give up a premium prospect and help a team save fifty million dollars on the salary on the salary luxury tax.
1: Well, and here's the thing, Polly. I, I agree with Ken that the Reds could play the I don't know what the term I'm looking for is, but Helping one of these other teams by helping themselves, by taking a bad contract, but also taking a good player, say, at Mookie Betts. Kyle Seager, really? Is it Kyle Seeger I forget which Seager is which. Sorry, Corey Seager. Corey Seager, yeah. <laughs> I know, Corey, Kyle Seager. Yeah. Kyle Kyle's Seattle. In, in Seattle, yeah. So, Pauly, um, let's say the Reds could swing a Seager deal. What do you think the Reds would have to take back, and what do you think they'd have to give up?
0: They'd have to give up India and probably Hunter Green right now.
1: Even, I don't even know what bad contracts the Dodgers have, to tell you the truth.
0: I think we took them all from them <laughs> Right.
1: I mean, we took Matt Kemp off their hands.
0: But there's a I history mean, there, there. There is a history there. There yeah, is, is a, there's a strong history there. But there's also a hated history there, too. So I think the Dodgers might like to fuck us over, too.
1: <laughs> Burmy, your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, this
4: topic's been pretty well covered so far. Um, I just want to say that, uh, I, I, hate the NBA. I think it's terrible. All right. So,
1: well, why don't we move to our next topic then, which is some listener questions. I put out the word for some listener questions using the hashtag card swept yachtywept. wept.
3: Before you cut, Russell Martin is an albatross contract. They owe him, they owe him $20 million next year.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a good one.
3: Yeah. Okay. They owe just Turner
2: her $19 million.
1: Former Reds prospect.
2: Oh, a random contract that I just had. The the Nationals have had a big dispute for years and years and years over their local cable uh, money, with because the the station they're on is called Masson Mid Atlantic Sports Network. Um, that's the regional sports network here in the DC area, and it's owned by Peter Angelos. The Oh, really? of, of the Orioles uh-huh. and they had some deal but Angelos was insisting like no no we keep all the money and it's been in, in just legal dispute for years and years and years and like arbitrated by MLB and all this stuff going through the courts and just recently the Nets were awarded a lot of money like a couple hundred million or something more than that and I think there's more appeal still I don't know where it's going but there was a big thing where, where they were awarded a bunch of money in that dispute and the immediate reaction on Twitter from every Nats fan was give it all to Rundone
1: so <laughs>
2: There may be some more money coming in, and of course, uh, the fans want it to go in one particular place to tie in what we were, with what we were talking about earlier.
1: That's a nice chunk of change, though. Yeah. <laughs> so our first question comes from Mike Dunnan at Reds Nerd. He asks, hashtag, card swept, yachtywept up to 90,000 Americans think that their bodies are infested by insects. Are you included in that 90,000? Uh, I'm not. Burmy, do you have insects that are infesting your body?
4: Uh, no, because I'm a rationally thinking
3: human being.
1: Gotcha. Polly, do you have insects in your body?
3: No, I was vaccinated.
1: Thank you. Ken?
3: I saw a stink bug on my deck the other day, but <laughs> it was not inside my body. Uh, on your what? D-E-C-K, thank you. Thank
1: you. Uh, thank you for pointing that out. Patio. Patio, there you go. Uh, I, I got... saw a stink bug on my patio. <laughs> a guy, you got bugs in you?
2: I think I'm good.
1: All no, right. uh, no, no clever response that I can think of. <laughs> Joshua Rutherford at Joshua R ninety four seventy six, former uh, Red reporter. Shout out to Red reporter. Uh, hashtag card swept yadi If you could have an MLB manager fantasy draft for your team, who would you pick? Doesn't have to currently have a job. Fantasy draft manager. Um, Polly, you go first on this one
0: dumb question. Sparky Anderson next.
1: But he's he's dead.
0: <laughs> I said, no wait, what was the question? I thought he said,
1: doesn't have to currently have a job, but they have to be alive.
0: Well, Sparky doesn't uh, have a job. I didn't hear that one. Well, that's true. Sparky uh, does no. not
1: have a job from the grave. It's <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> so you want to stick with Sparky?
0: I would love to see, they, I might see Perez give another shot.
1: Yeah, Jim Bowden kind of Screwed him over. Uh, Burmy, fantasy NMLB draft. Who's your manager?
4: Man, there's so many good ones out there. I mean, like, you know, Rocco Baldelli would be great.
1: I wanted him last year.
4: Yeah, that's, of course. Um, We leave it to the Reds. Hashtag nepotism. Um, (laughs) If I had to, I mean, in terms of, like, actual makes baseball sense, makes financial sense, makes everything, I do think it'd be fun to watch Aaron Boone as the Reds manager, just be, I mean, and I mean, granted Tom would have an utter fucking field day with the lineage of the boons and the Reds and you know, all that shit. I mean, we'd never hear the end of it, but I mean, his
1: guys are savages in the box.
4: That's what I'm saying. Um, His guys, his guys are savages in the box. And from what I understand, professional athletes, you know, they get laid. So they're
3: savages in multiple kinds of box. Wow.
1: Wow. (laughs) Ken, Fantasy MLB manager.
3: Um, I would pick me because the manager of a major league salary is awesome. Get the fuck out! Get the fuck out! The fuck I out. could probably do it for a couple of months before they realized I was terrible at it. No, but I don't mind David Bell. From what I'm, from what I've read about David Bell, he aligns with upper management, and that's what's important. You can't have a manager who says one thing and a front office that says something contrary. You have to have alignment between what the manager thinks and what the front office thinks and reading articles from C Trent and Mark Sheldon and Doug gray. I, I want to make sure that I cite all my sources on
0: these things. Um, yes. And like Zing. That Zing. <laughs> I don't like, I don't like that. Water care. No, let me, let me finish I want that.
3: <laughs> that, um, my, David Bell partners closely with the front office on not only, not only on-field stuff, but player personnel. And if they have that kind of alignment, I'm in. Keep David Bell, let him go. The getting ejected things, the, the pulling players early thing, um, or pulling pitchers after the second time through the order, I get it, I understand why he does it.
2: Get a bullpen that can support it. I like David Bell.
1: Hey, Guy, if you could pick any MLB manager to manage the Nationals, who would you pick?
2: Well, the, that was a great point just now of – of being aligned with the front office is an important thing, and that may be really the key for, one of the keys for how, why the Nats were able to turn their season around with, uh, with David Martinez, because of course last year they stunk or it was mediocre, they missed the playoffs and that was after two straight years with Dusty of winning the division and winning in the 90s games.
1: Oh, uh, we know all about Dusty. Yeah, we we,
2: know we, all we all wouldn't other know other anything about, about that. <laughs> yeah. So I think I mean, if there's any difference that we're talking about, that's probably it in that Dusty has been around for so long and has won a lot and has had great success, great in the clubhouse, but he's going to do things his own way, right? Like the front office is not going to really get him to change the way he thinks things should be. I mean, partly just he's, you know, older guy, been around, used to doing it his way. And that's how it is, I'm sure, with most older managers who have a track record. They say, like, well, you hired me to manage the team, so let me manage the team. And if you've got one of these more up-and-coming guys who are um, younger in the sense of uh, haven't managed for very long, they're probably more likely to be more aligned with the, uh, with the front office. And I think that's definitely been true with Davey Martinez, um, with the Nats, and with some of these other younger guys who've been so successful the last couple of years, like A.J. Hinchin-Houston and uh, Alex Gorin in boston um, so I think the Nats ended up getting it right. I mean, last year it didn't look like they got it right because you know, they are mediocre and missed the playoffs. But uh, And a lot of people were calling for his head after 50 games this year. They had the same record as the Tigers. They were 12 games under five hundred, but that was largely because they had terrible injuries. But, um, I mean, other teams overcame injuries. The Yankees had more injuries than anybody and still won over 100 games. But, um yeah, I think ultimately the Nats have found the right formula for now because they've got a guy with Martinez who is very much in sync with, um, with the front office with Mike Rizzo and how he runs things. Um, it doesn't always 100% work because Rizzo, before Dusty Baker, Rizzo had hired uh, Matt Williams. And that was because they had worked together a lot in Arizona, which was where Rizzo, the Nats GM, had, had been for many years. Um, and, of course, Williams came in and they won the division the first year and he was manager of the year, but kind of screwed up in the playoffs against the Giants. And the next year things fell apart and Papelbon was choking Bryce Harper in the dugout. It all went sideways. Um, so that just didn't work Erotic out. scene.
4: Yes.
1: <laughs> Erotic scene. I, if, so, if I was to pick, I like A.J. Hinch in Houston. I also like uh, Pito in uh, Cleveland. Francona. Francona. Former Red. I don't know. I've always liked Terry Francona for some reason. So we'll move on. Uh,
2: he, he is great. That, I mean, that's a great choice. Like, right. He signed with Cleveland before, at the time the Nats had an opening, but he signed like before they filled it. And there were definitely, there was definitely some disappointment around here that they weren't able to get him because he's about as good as it gets.
1: Yeah, and I, I still don't understand. There must have been some kind of tension between him and the Boston front office for them, him to be fired. But... Anyway, so Jonathan Webster at J Webster Ten he asks hashtag Card Swept yachtywept what's your favorite brand of hot sauce? I mean, I'm a Frank's Red Hot guy. Red Hot guy. So, what do you all got?
4: Yeah, Frank's Sriracha.
2: I put that shit on everything.
1: Hey guy, you got a favorite hot sauce?
2: Not really in a hot sauce, but with Sriracha, there's this um these chicken bars, chicken turkey mm. bars I like that are Sriracha. So I guess that's Ooh. my contribution.
1: Paulie,
4: man, if if you're gonna if you're gonna talk about porn Uncle on Pete's air like extra that, hot baby,
1: go go ahead, Burmy.
4: No, I was gonna say if, if a guy's gonna talk about porn on air like that, you know, at least <laughs> let me get ready. Jesus, <laughs> holy fuck! Now I'm just gonna be thinking about that all night.
1: Who's
3: <laughs> gonna fluff up Burmy? Damn it!
1: Uh, shout out to Todd. Uh, so Bill <laughs> at OBC two, Texas, Texas, Texas Pete. Pete, Texas Pete's good extra too. Extra hot. That that's good too. I, I, I just like the classic cayenne pepper, Frank's Red Hot. That's just me. Um,
2: but I remember in th- college, uh, some of my friends at UK. I didn't go to UK, but I had a lot of friends who went there. They had a, a catalog of hot sauces. This is uh, kind of before the internet w- was really big, and there was at least one of them that said in all caps, "We demand you sign a waiver before we send you this hot sauce." So, <laughs> <laughs> that was their
1: marketing angle. So Bill at OBC two. Another former red reporter, he, again, forgot the hashtag, but he asks, if Yachty and Vado are elected to the Hall of Fame in the same year, will you make the trek to Cooperstown? Well, if it means I can heckle Yachty and cheer for Vado, then yes, I will go to Cooperstown.
0: i go with you. There you
1: go.
3: Oh, that sounds like a lot of fun. Ditto. Podcast outing, just uh, yeah. so we can boo Yachty.
1: I've never been to Cooperstown, so that would be a good first uh, first time.
0: Talk about a podcast outing. My birthday is December 1st.
1: Red's Fest is December 6th. Oh, I'm going to try to do another uh, recording from Red's Fest this year.
4: Can Bear be on it?
1: Uh, Well, we tried to have him on that a couple weeks ago, and, uh, well, that didn't – we had to cut all that. So, anyway, uh, Kev, who is not on the podcast tonight because he's got a sick kid, he asked, hashtag Cardinals swept, Yachty wept, do you think Yadier Molina celebrated his sack fly too much, thus causing the Cardinals to get swept? I don't know about all that, but you want to talk about a fucking hypocrite. Yadier Molina. They complain oh. about Soto's home, Soto's, uh, home run. Okay, yeah. Acuna's home run, I'm sorry. Uh, they also complain about Soto, too, in the, in the NLCS. But this is Yadier Molina who threw his bat like 100 yards after that sack fly. But he's going to be mad that somebody takes 20 seconds to run around the bases after a, after a home run or uh, flips their bat. I mean, are you kidding me? So fuck Yadier Molina. He was last week's time, Burnham in Memorial Cornhole of the Week. Uh,
4: fuck Yadier Molina. So, congratulations.
1: Yes, well-deserved. Uh, Bill had another question where he, again, did not use the hashtag. I've talked to him about yeah, that. Yeah, Bill. If you could add one food item to the 2020 Great American Ballpark menu, what would it be? And he has three choices. Chicago-style hot dog. St. Louis-style. No. St. Louis-style toasted ravioli. Or Ke- no. Or Kentucky Bergoo.
3: Yes. <laughs> I don't know what that third thing is, but yes.
1: Bergoo? You never had Bergoo?
3: Never heard of it. No, H- Coop. I'm I've from never, civilization. Please it. elaborate what H- that is.
1: Hagai, tell me about Burgoo.
2: Oh, you're asking the wrong guy.
1: I'm, uh, you were in Lexington.
2: <laughs> I did
4: No, We're <laughs> not asking the wrong guy. We're asking a guy.
2: All right? i will taking <laughs> Joe Bologna's
0: pizza for 600 There, there we go. That, yeah, that, that I'm on board with.
1: Joe Bologna, the- it's a pizza place in Lexington. They got Kentucky basketball in trouble. Secondary, secondary violation. Violations. Yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> they gave free pizza to some players. Free,
2: free breadsticks. The- oh, it was what, a breadstick. I love the. I love what the fuck was the. What
4: the fuck was the third dish? I don't understand what this is. Burgoo. Yeah.
1: It's kind of a mixture of a lot of things. It's hard okay. to describe really. <laughs> um,
4: so, so is ghetta and it's fucking delicious. So
1: So what basically you take some like meat and some uh like vegetables and stuff, and you combine mm-hmm. it like in a pot. Uh you throw in some like uh uh I mean you, you can throw in like a bunch of like some like beef stock or something. It's almost like a beef stew and vegetable stew kind of combined. But it's good. Trust me. Yeah.
3: Right. They, yeah, Fried anything is pretty good. I would give St. Louis the benefit of them if, if they had
4: fried cheese. No, nah, fuck them. I don't want it. No. Give me the <laughs> Give me the stew.
1: Yeah, I'll take some burgoo. Uh, Chicago okay. dog.
4: No, God, we have enough Chicago in that fucking stadium already. Fuck <laughs> Chicago.
1: Uh, let's see. Uh, next question comes from Roger Fletcher at fletcher 247 He asks, hashtag, card-swept, yadi Has your downloads decreased since Phil hasn't been on the podcast? Uh, <laughs> Phil Razor, question. Well, Phil Razor doesn't equal downloads. I, it's been about the same, actually.
4: No, it equals cuck loads.
1: Shout wow. out to Phil. Yeah, we, we got to get him back on the podcast. I don't know what's going on here. Next question.
3: No, no, no we don't
1: uh andy at farm andy asks hashtag Nat swept yadi wept do you think Bohr forced the barnharts off twitter personally with his comments yes i do Bohr forced tucker barnhart and his wife sierra off the internet off of twitter because he accused tucker barnhart of wearing women's jeans that's true that's that is 100 true Hagai, do you think it was, the,
4: it was the final straw
1: do you do you think somebody should quit Twitter over being accused of wearing women's pants. Uh, yeah.
2: Well, that's kind of tough to handle, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I think this shows you how
0: I don't, I don't want to say crazy, but like last year when, when we almost got remuda like yeah. they were going crazy. Like she was like drink, like, I don't know. Like it was like childish. It's childish. That's pretty thin- it
1: Well, in, to be fair, Borf has been messing with them for a long time. To be fair. <laughs> to be fair. Now, be now fair. I think it's hilarious. But that's just me because I have a dark sense of humor. He's he's not been, well, I guess he has been kind of mean. But in a joking, loving manner. Like accusing Tucker of wearing women's pants.
4: Out of all the things he's tweeted at Tucker, that was relatively innocuous.
1: yes. But that, that's,
4: that's true, Burmy.
1: But literally, that caused them to quit Twitter. So, shout out to Borf. I wanted to uh, give another special shout out to Mike Dunnan at Red's Nerd, who tweeted that the Hunt Fred's October podcast is his favorite podcast. So, I wanted nice. to give a special shout out to Mike there.
3: Mm. You're welcome.
1: Coop's
0: pants struck when he read that one.
1: <laughs> um,
0: like, I, I just had my hog all the week. I'm ready
1: to go. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, That that's going to be up next. Burmy, you had a question. So Burmy's question was, hashtag card swept Yachty is Phil currently being cuckolded? Yes. I think so. Phil, out there in Iowa. Absolutely. Absolutely. His, wa- his wife is bored. You know what happens to them bored women. They go looking for the dick. <laughs> uh and then, but, but the fuck hashtag feminism,
4: Phil just goes along with her. It's, 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 crazy. I don't know.
1: The guy's like, I can't believe I agreed to be on here.
2: <laughs> I think I kind of suspect that i would followed Coop for long enough to, yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> to know what's going on. The uh, <laughs> guy, do take tic- need tickets
0: to 80s sporting events soon? <laughs> <suits? laughs> I think Coop's got three of them.
1: Yes, I do. yeah, uh, and uh, see what happens. Everybody knows Coop has the best tickets. I, I've got three tickets to the World Series. If anybody needs them, uh, send me a message on Twitter. Uh, uh, right.
2: Ryan- if, if we're talking trolling, actually, I actually was going to ask you guys, have you seen there was this uh, really good article in um, ESPN, Jeff Passon. He wrote about um, Daniel Hudson, the Nats reliever. There was the whole thing with he missed game one of the NLCS because his wife's having a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, he wrote, Passon wrote a whole in, uh, behind the scenes of what had happened with them for a few days. And it's great because there's a lot of stuff about um, – Hudson's wife, Sarah, who is a vicious troller. She is hilarious. Really? Oh, it's it's really funny. They had um uh, one thing was when Hudson... Please send uh, us her ad. Yeah, send us... <laughs> well, well uh, I was reminded of it because uh, in the story they say that, that Daniel Hudson had actually quit Twitter a few years ago because it was too negative for him. Um, maybe he just uh, gets all the trolling he needs at home. Um, but she, um like when he flew in to, um, they live in uh, Arizona, he flew in to, to Phoenix for... Um, for the uh the birth and at the airport they met him and his wife had their their five-year-old daughter say like oh oh show daddy your boo-boo your your finger in the in the car door and then she just pulls up the middle finger and flips the five-year-old flipping him off
1: now that's (laughs) a parenting i can get behind
2: yeah and also um uh when they were watching the game one um in the in the hospital and of course in the broadcast they just kept talking about oh Hudson's not here, he's with his wife giving birth etc etc etc. It just kept coming up over and over again and she just was like wow I thought I'd married Fernando Rodney apparently I married Mariano Rivera from the <laughs> way everyone's talking about him which was hilarious.
1: Yeah I'm going to need that ad yeah. later because that sounds. <laughs> she sounds like somebody good on Twitter
2: yeah, and she trolled one of his teammates while trolling him which was uh, especially good for him. Nice, nice.
1: So Ram at Uncle Ram. Shot to Ram. He had a question. Hashtag, card swept, yaddy wept. Do you think Jesus was circumcised? Polly, was the holy hog cut?
4: No, he was Jewish. Wait, would that wouldn't mean it yes? Be, it'd be
0: yes, he was Jewish.
1: Yeah. So was the wait, holy hog cut?
0: Wait. You should have asked the Holy Spirit they, that
3: one. Did they have circumcision 2019 years ago?
0: No, he was... Jewish he was poly not so I don't think I'm messing around too. okay
1: so <laughs> yes, he so was the, guy was the uh, holy hog cut
2: uh, that is a good question I'm not sure what the practices were um, that long ago the practices of my people by the way <laughs> right <laughs> yeah <people>. so <laughs> you would think the guest would uh, would have more knowledge of it but um
1: not too sure. Maybe he did it yeah, through. Well, maybe he did a miracle. I don't what
2: know. the fuck? So, so,
0: <laughs>
1: so we're saying it is. Uh <laughs> Woo is not on tonight. He had a question. Actually, he had a uh, two questions. First, hashtag card swept yadi Why did Ryan steal my fill tweet earlier today instead of properly citing my original tweet? God we, damn it, Ryan! As we know from the great Reds. Media Twitter beef of October 2019. Citing your sources is a hot topic. So is carrying water. Shout out to Mark Sheldon. So our next question from Wu. <laughs> Hashtag card swept Yachty wept. What's your favorite position? Now, he kind of left that a little uh, open as mm. what kind of position is he talking about? Uh, I would say my favorite position is offensive tackle because that's what I played. Get your minds you out of the cover? gutter. Ken, favorite position since he left that so vague.
3: Um, catcher.
1: <laughs> I bet you are catcher. <laughs> Burmy. <laughs> you motherfucker.
4: <laughs> um, well, I think if we're talking baseball, probably have to go pitcher. And, uh, you know, if we're talking about other sports,
0: I don't know. It'd be like a nice tight end.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Polly.
0: A second baseman for baseball, obviously, but for football, a fucking linebacker. I want to tear someone's fucking head off.
1: <laughs> See, I I was a lineman in high school. I wasn't very good, in our and my team wasn't very good. But you got to hit somebody every play, and that was my favorite part. So, a guy favorite position any sport.
2: Uh, right fullback in soccer was what I played. Um, oh, there you I go. Just loved, I just loved, Ooh, I loved running. Are it. you a are you a Tread Alexander Arnold? Uh. Uh, no, because I was a very bad uh, dribbler. Uh, not a bad passer, but I just couldn't handle the ball at all. I just liked chasing people and taking the ball from them.
4: Nice. Oh, yeah. so you, so, so you're more, committed. you're more like whoever plays right fullback for Everton. Got it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's
2: that's pretty accurate. Um, Damn. Randomly, though, one of when I was a kid in Lexington, one of my teammates for a few years, and just when I was young in rec league uh, soccer and basketball, was none other than Andy Green, the recently fired manager of the Padres. Um, it's a small just, world. Yeah. Funny thing about him is he, he, when we were kids, he was really, really short. Like he was six inches shorter than everybody else. So, like Borf. But he was also, 20 times better than
1: everyone. He was so much better. <coughs> so, than not than like Borf.
2: In all the leagues. He was a ridiculously good athlete. This, like, really tiny little kid who just runs circles around everybody.
1: Borf, Borf is still a tiny little kid.
2: I've got to interject something more serious. Um,
3: I, I was a bully. Uh, Why? I've got to respect. I've got a respect for goalies, so they take all the shit, they get all the blame, and it's rarely their fault. So I've got a respect for goalies.
1: Shout out to Tim Howard.
3: That's an acceptable shout out of
4: an Evertonian, Coop.
1: Evertonian U.S. keeper. I wasn't
4: talking about
0: soccer. What hockey? I have breaking news.
1: Wait, everybody, everybody, quiet. Polly. My
0: phone's at one percent. I gotta. Oh God. see you guys
1: all right bye Polly you, <laughs> I guess that's a good transition into uh today in Reds facebook um mm. I don't know how many of these I wanna read <laughs> because they're awful um if you follow the account and you should uh the reds had a had a post today which I think was i think was good uh the it was that the reds change their profile picture to purple in honor of spirit day and to speak out against bullying and support the LGBTQ community and the youth. And I think, you know, where this is going. So I just wanted to pick out a couple to read here. I want to pick out more of the funny ones than the hateful bigotry, because you can read those on the, on the Twitter account or on Facebook. But I mean, some of them were just awful. Michael says spirit day, which spirit because the only spirit I submit to and obey is the Holy Spirit. Is sure. that like
4: his is that his Dominatrix? That's
1: what I was wondering. That's what I, I kept thinking.
4: It's a really fucked up name for your dominatrix.
1: Um, what's,
3: his, what's his safe word?
1: <laughs> his safe word is harder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Jerry. Um Pastor Bubba. <laughs> this guy <laughs> he said he's a pastor, and his name is Bubba. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh oh. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> So, Pastor Bubba... I can't even say. As a pastor, I have no doubt this day is directed toward people like me. People who would plead with the kids to turn from this destructive lifestyle, and he goes on from there. I'm like, I just can't get over Pastor Bubba. I'm sorry. Bubba Bubba Rainwater. I'm going to read your whole name. Bubba Rainwater. I can't... You're not a real person. I'm sorry.
4: That's a porn
0: star.
1: Stanley says, how about speaking out for the Lord Jesus Christ? I mean... Like I said, half of these I'm not even going to shout read. Out to shout, Jesus. Out, shout out to Jesus.
3: When I meet him, I'm going to ask him if he's circumcised.
1: Yeah, ask him to see the cut hog. Hold, on. hold on.
4: I've been wondering about your hog for a long time, Jesus.
1: Nick says, Alphabet youth is like a vegan cat. We all know who is really making the decisions.
0: What? What? <laughs> what? <laughs>
1: the alphabet youth. And I want to read this one from Tim and then I'm going to comment. A vegan cat. Tim says, must be a bunch of Reds fans from Kentucky, judging by the clueless, heartless comments. Hey, Tim. Tim and I want you to hear this. Go fuck yourself.
4: <laughs> I mean, Coop, I'm having a tough time spotting why.
2: <laughs> no way they could be from Ohio, right? Exactly. Nope.
4: Absolutely not. Perfect. It might state, be from Indiana.
2: <laughs> Wayne guy, said,
4: I, I actually live in Columbus, Ohio, so I live in a very
3: cultured area.
1: There you go. The rest of us are uncultured, so
3: I've been to Columbus. I've been to Columbus, too.
1: Yeah. Usually I. Yeah, yeah, I've been there. Except for. Well, never mind. Um, So Wayne says, I just unlike the Cincinnati Reds page, as he posts on it, obviously. I will no longer support them in any form or fashion. I will not buy apparel, go to games, or watch games on TV. This is, without a doubt, the most ridiculous thing I've seen in a while. First of all, Wayne, you're a goddamn liar. You're still going to watch the games. You're still gonna buy tickets. You're still gonna buy peril, because anytime somebody says that, you know they're a freaking liar.
3: Well, we know he's lying because this is not the most ridiculous thing he's seen. there was been way more ridiculous thing the Red Sox done.
4: Yeah, he watched them start Homer Bailey in 2017, and 2018, exactly. and
3: 2016, and 2015, and and Elisardo Ramirez.
1: So there, there was another Tim who. Made a dumb. Comment. Is this guy?
3: Is this guy a pilot?
1: <laughs> shout out
4: to 9 The um, Shout out to
1: the sponsor of the podcast. Shout out to the sponsor of the podcast, uh, the Cincy Sports Gallery, uh, for all your pilot needs um, and or demon needs. So this is a, a guy you don't understand, but trust me, that's a good one. Uh, that's an inside joke. I'll take your word for it. That's an inside joke, as you can tell from Burmese. Losing his shit.
4: Shout out for all of your pilot and demon needs. <laughs> Holy fuck!
1: So there was another Tim who uh, made an awful comment, and somebody said something back, and he says, "Go listen to some Culture Club and keep petting your little puppy." What is that an insult? What's that wrong? Sounds with, pretty good. I what's wrong with Culture Club?
4: That's like a. What's wrong with petting Friday a puppy? Yeah, what's wrong with petting your puppy?
1: Matthew says the world will end because the gays can't make babies unless there's a girl and a boy involved.
2: <laughs> <That is biting. laughs>
4: the world will end the world's coming to an end why is that because two men can't procreate
3: I right, think he's bad at math because yeah
1: <laughs> yeah he's i mean
3: yeah i mean math is hard when you're a bigot
1: that's true john says someone should inform kaepernick this is how you protest thank you reds <laughs> what <laughs>
3: what what the fuck? Okay, that's the best one because it makes zero sense.
4: That yeah, yeah. Really.
1: I think we'll end on that one because that
4: <laughs> who the fuck is protesting?
1: And what does Callan Kaepernick have to do <laughs> with the synthetic reds oh changing their profile
2: picture? Oh my god,
1: Hagai, your thoughts?
2: Yeah, that's. I mean, that's <laughs> points for creativity, I guess. <laughs> like, like, who the hell would have thought of that? A guy, you
3: picked the wrong week to come on the first for the first time. <laughs> oh, you mean,
2: it's, you mean it's not like this every
3: week?
1: Oh, sometimes. Oh, no. Well. You know,
3: it is. So Reds, so today in Reds Facebook is not nearly, nearly this terrible. We're not. As a Reds fan, oh, yeah, we're terrible. We're in the Midwest.
1: Yeah. No, there's some horrible people on Facebook. Shout out to Facebook. Uh, so...
3: <laughs> There's some horrible people on Facebook. Shout out to Facebook. Shout out to Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs>
4: no,
1: fuck Mark Zuckerberg. But anyway, um that brings us to the Tom Brennan Memorial Cornhog of the Week. And a uh, guy, yeah, the Tom Brennan Memorial Cornhog of the Week is the biggest dick of the week, and everyone will nominate who the biggest dick of the week is and then we'll let the people decide who wins by a Twitter poll. So, I'm going to start with you, Burmy. Who is your Tom Brennan Memorial Cornhog of the Week?
4: Ooh, This is a good one. Um, I think the Cornhog of the Week... Can we just go like the entire Cardinals organization?
1: That sounds good. I mean, Yachty, you know, Yachty won like, last week, but the rest of the organization well, needs to let's have just there.
4: Have Yachty, let's just have Yachty go full Archie Griffin and go back-to-back. Because I would love for him to win it again. Just their bullshit antics, and they get swept right out of the playoffs. Cornhog of the week. This is
1: this the That's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, Ken, your Cornhog of the week.
3: I'm going to nominate Mark Sheldon.
1: Because
3: yes. He accused Doug Gray of yeah. plagiarism, and the article that Mark cited, Doug Gray directly linked to Mark's article. Yes. He could not be less plagiaristic than directly linking to his article. So, Mark Sheldon, you are the corn hog of the week.
1: That's a good one. Hagai, your biggest dick of the week, and uh, try not to do politics if no, you can.
2: No politics. <laughs> well, go, go, to go back to the national story I mentioned earlier, um, I'll say David Sampson, who um, uh, was one of the first ones who uh, kind of unloaded on uh, Daniel Hudson for missing game one of the NLCS. For,
1: for oh, is story. that the guy who oh, did that? I
2: got it. Yeah, he's um, one of, uh, one of uh, like the first uh, ones that was like, oh, you got to be with your team, you're letting down, etc. I don't remember exactly what he said. And in that article I mentioned that um, on ESPN, when they went behind the scenes with Hudson and his wife, um, like they, they had said he'd been off Twitter for a while because it was too negative, but uh, the, the article said they were very encouraged by the fact that when Samson had his tweet crushing them, that he just got deluged by like thousands of replies of people absolutely destroying him.
3: See so, that show ratio. It was great.
2: <laughs> they were happy to see the ratio piling up. So uh, he already got crushed a lot, but, you know, he deserved it. So I'll, uh, I'll throw another log on the fire.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, for my cornhole of the week, I am going to go with, <laughs> I think we'll go with those three because I was going to say Mark Sheldon. So that'll be your three choices. David Sampson, the St. Louis Cardinals, or Mark Sheldon. And, uh, Not to be a spoiler, but I'm going to vote for Mark Sheldon because... So I'm going to wrap up this edition of the podcast. We'll go around the room here and get everybody's final takes. Uh, Let's start with Hagai. Hagai, give us your final thoughts.
2: Final thoughts? Well, I mean, I was starting to doubt that I'd see it maybe ever or a really long time as far as Nats getting the World Series just because so many uh, postseason disappointments. But... um, yeah it's uh it's pretty amazing and i um, just gonna just gonna enjoy it with uh with friends i mean and and my, my friends around here who grew up in the area which is not me um just even more special for them because sports fans around here who are old enough to remember when there was no baseball team for all those years um it definitely felt like sort of a second class um you know fan base if you were into the sport and didn't have your own team to root for so it's extra
1: special I think it was like, what, something like 40 or 50 years between when the Senators left and the Nationals came?
2: It was 34 years, yeah, 71 to 2005, so multiple
3: generations.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Ken, your final thoughts?
3: Congrats congrats to the Nats for making the World Series, and shout-out to the Mariners for being the only franchise to not have a World Series appearance yet. Um, Get your ass in gear. Um, Also, shout-out to uh, this week's obscure former Red, Raul Gonzalez. Um, he spent parts of two years with the Reds and was traded for Pedro Feliciano. I had no idea that Pedro Feliciano was ever in the Reds organization. Hmm. So that's quasi-interesting.
1: Bermit, your final thoughts.
3: Yeah,
4: I, I want to congratulate the Nats as well. Um, you know, Walter Big Train Johnson's up there watching uh, you know, watching down smiling with the other 1924 Washington Senators hoping they could bring it back to D.C. Um, uh, my, uh, my final shot of the week is uh, to Sonny Milano for that incredible between-the-legs goal last night against the Dallas Stars. That was utterly unfucking believable I was there live, and everybody in the arena had to stare up at the big screen to make sure that their eyes didn't deceive them what happened on the ice. So that was a really cool moment. So shout-out to Sonny Milano.
1: For my final thoughts, I just want to say that I fully support the Reds' position of supporting the LGBTQ community and the youth a lot of hateful messages on Facebook today, but I know there are some that, uh, have a, have kind of criticized the Reds for not, um, publicizing more the pride day that they have. And I think these Facebook comments are probably a little bit of the reason why they don't. Uh, and I think that's a shame. And if you're a bigot, just go fuck yourself. What do you care? Let people be who they want to be. And that's my final thought. So for Pauly, who had to leave, and Burmy and Ken and Hagai, who is welcome back anytime, by the way. This is Coop saying, uh, we'll talk to you later. <laughs>